0: San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at (laughs) mybestbailbonds.com. It's time for your in-depth look at the world of gaming. Here we go! The Meta with Katie Barber.
1: And welcome back to The Meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got sports stars James Pledger here with me like always. How are you doing, James? I'm good, Katie. How are you? (laughs) Very good. I don't know. I'm sure if you're listening to this show, you know, but just in case you don't. James, you can listen, you can hear him occasionally. He produces R&R in the morning. He's on halftime every day of the week. And then tomorrow morning, every single Saturday from nine to 11, he hosts the Saturday morning hangover. So it's not just here that you get to hear James's wise (laughs) words of, uh, not just games, but I mean, you've talked a little bit about sports here. A
2: little bit, a little bit when When
1: it, when it crosses into that realm, like about Madden and all that good stuff, but I'm excited. So I'm going to talk a little bit about these weekly tournaments that we, Always talk about every single week, but we just want to make sure people know. You mean like uh,
2: <laughs> Smash tournaments? Yeah.
1: All of them. We actually, <laughs> right. And that's just what is in town. Um, tomorrow, mm-hmm. Atonement at Shenanigans Gaming, 2 o'clock. 2 30 is when it starts. Sign up start at 2, 2 p.m. We got the Mondays and the Tuesdays. <laughs> also, Mondays at Anime Tokyo. Tuesdays at um, Evo in San Marcos, the new Springtown Slam, and, uh, and then on Thursdays at Otaku Zone. I'm not going to go, <laughs> we keep talking about them, so I'm just going to mention them real quick. Mm-hmm. But uh, Guild Gaming, who's working on Springtown Slam, they actually are going to be putting on a pretty cool event that's going to be at the, in Seguin on uh, March 26th. <laughs> March Madness is on.
2: Um, well, to me. It's that time. <laughs> it's
1: that time. <laughs> talking about brackets, right? There's mar- yeah, you got your they're smashed, busted. Right, you've got smash brackets, and then you've also got March Madness brackets. It's
2: all about brackets this time of year. <laughs> no matter what, what you're talking about, it's all brackets.
1: And I just say that because there's a TV in here, and yeah. I saw James peeking up at, at it while a game is on. So <laughs> I, I, I just uh. Checking the scores. <laughs> Just checking the scores.
2: <laughs> um, but
1: that's, so that's going to be in Seguin March 26th. That is next Saturday. Smash Ultimate tournaments at All Star Cards in Gaming starts at 4 p.m. $200, $200 pot bonus. That means it starts at 200 and mm-hmm. goes up the more people that compete. Yeah, so. with entries. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking to make, you know, a quick buck next weekend, you can head out to Seguin. In Austin, which is a little bit farther away than we normally talk, but there's going to be a big regional tournament there. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Smash Ultimate, Smash Melee. We've got uh, King of Fighters 15 and Guilty Gear. So there's a couple different um, games in there for you to play. I know Smash is going to be single brackets, both Melee and Ultimate, single and double brackets. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of options there.
2: And it's at Pinball's Lake Creek, Mm -hmm. which... (laughs) You got to be careful because I fell victim to this because yeah. I think about Pinball's Kingdom and I think about the one off 35 right there in Buta. Right. This one is actually not that one.
1: Right. It's Pinballs with a Z, Lake Creek is the name of the location. And I'm going to be posting links to the tournament registration for these on Twitter. So you can, and we've talked about, we've talked again about the Twitter username. I haven't At changed Katie it. Katie
2: underscore <laughs> underscore cakes, that's K A T Y. Underscore underscore K A K E S.
1: I, I did not consult a brand manager. When at I, I Am <laughs> Pleasure. Right. And at I Am Pleasure. And when these, when the show gets posted online, we actually always include our Twitter handles in, yes. in, in, on the audio vault. So you can find it there. Um, and one of these days I'll get around to changing it. I just feel so bad because that means every single other episode that has my name in it will be defunct technically. So that's I the know, only thing that's holding me back. But, but the more I wait, the more,
2: The more (laughs) defunct they become, the more episodes of (laughs) defunctness you deal with, which you gotta do. Uh, Didn't we settle on the name?
1: I know we did. Katie, Squeaky Duck. Katie the Squeaky Duck, Yeah, I think was what it was. (laughs) I just, you know, I just talked myself out of it, and we keep talking me into it. But it's
2: such a great, (laughs) and if it's available, I mean, it just fits. It goes with your gamer
1: tags. Uh, Immediately... After this show, I will go do that. Oh, <laughs> You can hold me to it. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, and the last bit of eSports news I've got for this week is something I'm incredibly excited about. Something I've been saying, I think I've said it on this show, but I've said it... In
2: every show <laughs> since we started this show. <laughs>
1: that San Antonio is the perfect neutral ground for Overwatch League matches between Mm -hmm. the Dallas Fuel and the Houston Outlaws and if either of your community managers or whoever somebody in your organization if y'all are listening to me right now you better reach out because if you took this idea from me and I don't even get tickets I'm gonna be real mad I don't even need credit I just want tickets yeah
2: tickets and also (laughs) like hey how about coming on the show at some point
1: yeah no, that'd be great (laughs) that'd be real great it's gonna be at Port SA which is an amazing location here Mm -hmm. in San Antonio Chris talked about it early in the show I know that other sports star shows have actually talked about Port SE, too. Yes. Not, it's not, so it's not just us that are excited about it. Yeah,
2: the, n- <laughs> the new port is going to be insane, and mm-hmm. this is exactly what it needs to be for. Stuff like this. This is perfect, and I cannot
1: wait. They're calling this the Battle of Texas, which I think is a pretty apt name for it. It's going to be on May 6th. Tickets are already on sale, and they're only 30 bucks. My only problem is... <laughs> Doors open at 3 p.m. So I'm I'm like, I gotta work a half day or (laughs) if I wanted to go. Unless I'm going in coverage of. uh
2: (laughs) I think, I mean, here's the thing that feels like a big event. I think Mm. both the news and the sports. Probably the (laughs) sports should send a news person out there Mm. to cover this for us. If only we knew somebody. That cross-pollinated both here and KTSa to
1: do so. Hmm. Rob Thompson and Dennis Foley, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm appealing to you right now. No, it's so it's really exciting though. That's that's it's actually also the very first in-person Overwatch League match to take place, I think, since the pandemic started. So it's it's a big deal. Yeah, and I mean they, they Overwatch League has like taken over the Staples Center, so it's like there's a lot of like there's a lot of fans of Overwatch League. And when you have two two free I don't think there's any other state that has two franchises also, either. Yeah. Not at all. So we've got the Dallas Fuels, Houston Outlaws, Port San Antonio, May sixth.
2: And think about it, May sixth, you could just make a whole day of it. Oh yeah. You could go, you can watch this, mm-hmm. you can enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. You get out, you got your tickets to the late showing of Multiverse of Madness.
1: Oh yeah. See, <laughs> so James is here with a plan. Uh, I,
2: I've I've always <laughs> thinking three steps ahead. <laughs>
1: He's playing 5D chess. He's <laughs> thinking he's a regular Tony Stark.
2: <laughs> I mean, sometimes I just see moves and they happen before <laughs> anything goes. And I'm like, oh, that would be perfect. We should do that. Let's do that.
1: So that's it for esports news. We are going to be right back with the game news <laughs> There's not as much as I was hoping for Because Elden Ring is still kind of king right now In the discourse But we're going to go over some exciting stuff Right after this quick break Right here on The Meta You're home for everything gaming and esports You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM
0: <laughs> The Meta with Katie Barber on San Antonio Sports
1: Star Welcome back to the meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and James. We were talking about Mario Kart, not Mario Kart OG, not Mario Kart 64, but how (laughs) Mario Kart 8 is getting like 48 new tracks through the end of next year.
2: We get a small little glimpse of them.
1: Right, and they're out. There's The first eight are out now, so I don't know if any of these are like... Tracks that speak to you. <laughs> I love coconut. Coconut Mall is That's the, one, the that- <laughs> one that
2: jumped <laughs> yeah. off the page to me too.
1: <laughs> I love the music from Coconut Mall, but but I loved Mario Kart Wii is probably like the most I played before uh, before mm. it came out on the Wii U for Mario Kart Eight.
2: Um, Ninja Hideaway is gonna be fun. Yeah,
1: so we've got right. We've got Coconut Mall. We've got Ninja Hideaway. Uh, Paris Promenade, which I I actually remember that one too. Toad Circuit, oh, on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which. The 3ds. Now was you're getting 3- nostalgic. Huh? Okay. The 3ds was GOAT because like one person could have Mario Kart on. Oh, I not think of DS. Maybe it was both of them. If one person had Mario Kart on the DS or the 3ds, other people could just like uh, could just join you and play. They didn't need to own the game. They just needed to be close by. So, maybe you could speak on PictoChat with each other. <laughs> no, but that was like one of my favorite aspects of it. And I, I was sad more games didn't do just uh, game sharing through okay, proximity.
2: So let's put a star right. on Toad's Circuit for Katie.
1: <laughs> We've got Chaco Mountain, Tokyo Blur, and Shroom Ridge. So that's eight tracks. And mm-hmm. they're going to be releasing these. In Sky Garden. Oh, in Sky Garden. Yes, yes, yes. I was reading them out of order, so uh, I know the ADHD in me is like. I get it. We I started
2: we started in the middle with Coconut <laughs> Mall, and then jumped to the end with Ninja Hideaway, which is pretty, and active. then tried to go back down in order. I was like, "Hold on, hold on." Shroom <laughs> Ridge wasn't the last one; it was Sky Garden.
1: Yes, yes. No, thank you. It's like I read it as it. That was a pretty apt, like, way of how my brain just normally works. Yeah. Like, we'll start in the middle, go to the bottom, try to go to the top, and then fill in now the we'll rest. Now we'll try and do it
2: in order, <laughs> and I'll try and get everything, but I'll forget where I started, so...
1: It's half alphabetical order, half numerical order. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but so that's, that's going to be 48 new tracks by the end of next year. And I think... so. So was, are they
2: going to do it eight at a time yeah, like this? Exactly, and that's they d- cool.
1: And they did this when they did the first round of DLC for Mario Kart Eight back on the Wii U when they when they released Animal Crossing tracks. They did yeah. the Legend of Zelda tracks. Those all came out in bundles like this. And they kind of also take the same approach when they release when they were releasing some Smash Fighters. So they would do like fighter packs. Sometimes they do individual fighters, but they would do packs occasionally too. So it's pretty uh, on par for Nintendo. Um, you are
2: pretty stoked about. These DLC packs?
1: I am. I mean, I just like that Nintendo is, they they get a lot of life out of their franchises and the games for the, not always, because maybe not always, but Mario Kart but is a do. great example of how yeah. they will put in a lot of time and effort into a title. Because again, this Mario Kart 8 first released on the Wii U and it carried over onto the Switch. Instead mm-hmm. of releasing just like an all new Mario Kart 9, which we do know is coming, they're really kind of, putting a lot of life into this one first. And
2: I love how, whether it's 64 four's Choco Mountain, like I mm-hmm. want to see how that adapts.
1: Right, because do you remember when they re-released Rainbow Road? Yes. And it was fantastic.
2: It was awesome.
1: Really, really good. But you almost are afraid you're going to lose the charm.
2: Of the old one. 100%. I get it, but that's how, because they did such a great job with Rainbow Road, I'd like to see how these older tracks transfer to... The new
1: system, a hundred percent. I, I, I'm, I'm curious. Is are they waiting on Mario Kart Nine because they're like, oh, we're just going to release it on the next Nintendo console? I think so. That's probably is what it's going to happen. I mean,
2: I would if I was them. I'm not going to release anything new. I'm going to try to make as much as I can as I've got at this point in time. I would imagine a pretty good idea of when that release date is barring you know catastrophes right you know within you know months I've got a pretty good idea of when that new system would be hitting market Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna try and save all my big titles for that new system mm -hmm. so it gives you a reason to go get the new system and
1: i think a lot of people are waiting for like the next like they released the oled model right the oled Mm -hmm. model of the switch and that was people were expecting just an another like a an upgraded piece of hardware with the switch too like people have been begging for you know stronger hardware i I think the switch is five years old now um obviously doesn't hold up to things like the ps5 and the xbox series x and that's totally unsurprising so that's not a criticism from me Uh, But what I've noticed is people are just really, really, really hoping that Nintendo is going to release a Switch 2. You know, it's the same, you play the same games, upgraded hardware. And I think really what's going to happen, because they haven't, they really just haven't been holding back on that, Mm -hmm. is they're just going to be releasing whatever the next console is going to be. Not, instead of a Switch 2. We're getting to that point in the life of the console. I think seven years is pretty normal. Seven to eight years? I think
2: it'll be an upgrade of what the Switch, because I think they did find something in (laughs) the Switch. The ability to switch between it's a great
1: name it's te- very apt
2: yeah but uh, like i don't know if it'll be the switch two right per se but it'll be an updated version of that type of technology because mm-hmm. i do think that that found its niche in I, being mm-hmm. able to move from at home on the tv to walking it around with a tablet the way most things are consumed these days and,
1: and they 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 took the Wii U and that the hardware which was comparatively is very rudimentary but very similar like I but the issue is is because the Wii U had a gamepad mm-hmm. and in the console I couldn't go when I had the Wii U I lived in a townhouse that had an upstairs and a downstairs you
2: couldn't go upstairs
1: no it would lose connection just like be and it could have been because of the insulation in the first floor ceiling or you know like it's like, a really good like, insulation you, right, or something right like it you, they could explain away that, uh, those issues, but the Switch took that possibility, took the whole, you know, and like
2: made it reality. Ex- exactly.
1: And now we see Valve made the Steam Deck or made uh, the Steam Deck, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it looks a lot like a Switch, but it's got, you know, a different button configuration, you know, and so I think we're on the way to. To this type of hardware being pretty normalized. I mean, the, the PlayStation Vita was a really great early handheld system. It really was. Like, I think PlayStation just, unfortunately, hit it a little too early. Same with the PSP. You know, Sony's been on it. Sony just,
2: has. Like, the PSP was way ahead of its time. Right, the Vita is, itself. Was ahead
1: of its time in a way. And then and it was eclipsed by the 3DS, which I think, and this is kind of what I was building up to, is that if you look at the Nintendo, the Nintendo DS and the upgrade to the 3DS, mm-hmm. is a new console. But it still played the DS games, yes. and I think that we may see the hardware upgrade be something similar from the uh, to the DS to 3DS uh, transition. And
2: that was the great thing about uh, like the Vita mm-hmm. was the ability to get things onto your basically PSN so that you can continue to play games off of your PlayStation Network through it and not lose the continuity. And I think. Nintendo basically took it with the Switch and put it on steroids, and this is what it should have been all right. along. And unfortunately, I think PlayStation was just a little too far but ahead people, of its time. People just
1: weren't quite ready for it. I think, in a way, like I don't know how to else to explain it. We just, were, but like, we weren't. Because the consumers, I was, I was working. I feel like I've said this. Thing. I was working at GameStop at the time that the Vita really was at the height of its popularity. Mm-hmm. And when I say height of its popularity, it I mean... it's people... still a niche
2: market, <laughs> though. It really
1: was. But the people who were passionate about the Vita, they were passionate, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they took Sony fanboy, fangirl to a higher level, you know? It was... But then they were people that had a console. They were people that... And they had their PS4, but they also had the Vita. And they would buy... If a game was releasing on both, they would buy them on both. Yes. And there were Vita-only titles that were, that were really great. Like, Tearaway was a really good one. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just sad. You know, I'd love for to see Sony bring back a, you know, bring back a reimagined Vita that that takes that hardware, has the library and then just kind of
2: runs with it
1: exactly because i would love to be able to play horizon forbidden west on, oh, on an airplane well <laughs> you know exactly a hundred percent
2: i didn't even think about that but yeah oh, you know Ratchet man. and
1: clank you know uncharted you know these games that i can't get on my switch the games that i couldn't get on all Phoenix. you have to
2: do is buy the wi-fi once you get on the plane oh
1: right exactly a hundred percent I mean and that's what I do with my switch already. I'm the kind of person that travels with like three books and my and I still take my 3DS with me when yes. I travel just Oh, in case. I know. You
2: still bring it to work with you. What are you talking about? I have
1: a about? Game Boy Color in my bag right now. I'm
2: aware. <laughs> with Pokémon Yellow, I believe. Yes,
1: it is my OG combo. Um <laughs> Other than Mario, we had a couple uh, live streams this week. I'm not going to delve too much into them, but uh, it at Xbox did an indie showcase that was really cool. A couple sports RPGs, which is like my new favorite, like indie genre. Mm-hmm. Like Golf Story is one of the best sports RPGs I've ever played in my life, and we're getting another golf RPG. It's so fun. It's called uh,
2: I have it Curse ready. to Golf.
1: Yes, Curse to Golf, and the trailer is great. Um, and also with WrestleQuest, it's a wrestling RPG. Yes, but it's and they're both. They're both like 8-bit, 16-bit style, so it's not like Breath of the Wild, but neither is Golf Story. And to me, I will fight anybody who talks (laughs) crap about like 8-bit, 16-bit games.
2: Oh, absolutely (laughs) not. I absolutely adore them.
1: When people who call themselves gamers talk crap about Minecraft because of the graphics, I'm just like, you're so closed-minded. You're allowed to not like the genre of game it is, but to discount a game because its graphics aren't like, you know, built in the... Unreal Engine 75, and you know, or Frost Engine 12. Like, it's it's just
2: a tat tip to where games came from.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's what we grew up playing.
2: Exactly.
1: I mean, I still think of like the three polygons they used in Goldeneye on the N64. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, and the last thing I've got on here is actually so rumors about a Silent Hill reboot of the franchise. So, the last thing we got from Silent Hill was PT in 2014.
2: That would be dope.
1: I know. And then the full, for the last full release of a Silent Hill game was Downpour mm-hmm. uh, in 2012. So we are 10 years post a full release game of Silent Hill. And it's such an iconic horror game franchise.
2: I would I argue it. it's either that or Resident Evil that is... Yeah, the, both of
1: them. They're hand in hand. Yeah, in my it, it's
2: one or the other, but Different they play are
1: playstyles, but yeah. they are
2: the top of the horror game franchise. A
1: hundred percent. And and so these rumors have kind of been circulating for a little while. Uh and it was not confirmed officially, but Konami renewed the trademark for Silent Hill this week. So that's a pretty big step you know, in the process of a exactly. major reboot. And you know, Konami could use uh could use the not the goodwill, but they could use a a big, some big news for them to really boost their uh, their sales right now. They haven't just haven't really been putting out too too much. And I may actually <laughs> I'm saying that, but I'm like, I don't think anything has come out. But somebody's probably going to be like, mm, <laughs> you're wrong.
2: Something came <laughs> and, out. You're
1: wrong, and we hate you. And uh, the meta is canceled.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh wow, that took a turn. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, last week we talked about how we are going to be doing a more full the Batman. Review, And that's going to be coming up right here next on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.
0: The Meta with Katie Barber on San Antonio Sports Star.
1: Welcome back to The Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch the podcast online at com under the audio vault. I got it right this week. <laughs> Instead of just reading my shorthand. Um, so the, the Batman. The Batman. I don't have like a good, I, don't, I need a good Batman. It was <laughs> s- after seeing
2: it again over the weekend.
1: You saw it, so now twice? Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 I want to go back and watch it again. It too. was
2: better the second time. Yeah, it really was. You,
1: did you catch more? I
2: did. Okay. I caught more. It was I was more like on the lookout for things right. because the first time I was just kind of taking it in and enjoying it and like just cool. reveling in what the movie was. The right. second time I was like, all right, let's let's try and be critical here because mm-hmm. I want I want to at least like take some things out of this movie if I can. But man, it mm-hmm. was just. So well done. The acting in it oh my across gosh. the board was just amazing. phenomenal. Whether you're talking about Robert Pattinson himself, Zoe Kravitz Zoe Kravitz, mm-hmm. their chemistry together on screen was incredible. The
1: actor who played Gordon, we talked about him last week.
2: Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey yes.
1: Wright. I could not remember his name. He did amazing. So
2: good. Uh <laughs> even Andy Circus is Alfred.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah.
2: I think I could have used because I was I was unsure because mm-hmm. I like Andy Circus but like I haven't seen him outside of a mocap role in a long time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stop me if I'm lying. No,
1: no, no, no. Uh, but
2: So, it was it was really cool and to see a
1: Let's let's do a brief synopsis, okay. right? Just a brief. So, we and we we've, we've said this is essentially kind of a Man is established in this world. He's been around for a little bit. They know him as Year, the vigilante. Two years. And this show really, ser- this movie really serves as kind of a an origin story for the Riddlers, especially. Uh, gives us a, all, the, a, all the all the villains basically. Espe- but it, like focuses very heavily on the Riddler, who's who's an unknown person at the start of the movie. Yes. they don't know who he is. We know who the Penguin is. Uh, he's entrenched himself in, in organized crime. But like other than, but, but before
2: I forget about this, <laughs> I just have to say. <laughs> How hard did you audibly laugh when he was tied up and like waddling <laughs> right, after I them? I
1: know. I was like, this, it feels like the, remember the Batman Beyond c- cartoons? <laughs> I laughed
2: so hard as he's just kind of hopping after them, waddling like a penguin mm-hmm. as he's zip tied up. So. And,
1: and we see Penguin quite a bit in the movie. We do. But he, and he serves some purpose in the movie, but we know now that. His role is going to in the universes will be much more defined in a spinoff show that's going to focus on him. Yes, but he plays he plays a big role in in the movie, just not as.
2: And like, it looks a, like he'll a play villain. a big role moving forward oh, too, absolutely. in terms of Gotham now.
1: So and and so essentially, the movie is the Riddler is causing chaos. Nobody knows who he is, and, and John Turturro,
2: Let's not oh forget my gosh. Carmine Falcone. He was phenomenal.
1: Phenomenal, and essentially, the movie is. It's a, it's like an LA noir drama of trying to figure out who the Riddler is and how to stop this crazy MF-er. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so just having the synopsis out of the way, the second time watching through were there any specific like easter eggs or or like really like comic implants that like you didn't notice the first time that you that you caught the second time? Um
2: I don't think so in terms of just, like, uh, catching things. I I, I Mm -hmm. caught, like, clues Mm -hmm. from, like, the Riddler, obviously, uh, a bit more through. But there, I I listened to Riddler's monologue at the end Uh a little bit closer this time because it made it seem that first time you watched it, like, oh, he knows.
1: Right.
2: He knows. And then it's like, oh, he doesn't. He does because I couldn't tell afterwards. Like, so does he know or does he not know?
1: And we're, when we say no, we mean Batman's identity. Yes, right.
2: As he visits a monarch, it is.
1: It is very like you really do are not sure whether or not. He and does. even
2: Robert Pattinson's like,
1: right? He, mm, for he, sure, he
2: emotes so well through that mask. That's
1: the, that's the Edward Cullen in him. It the was dramatic Edward Cullen uh, in him. It was
2: so good. <laughs> I good. love the parts of the movie where like he comes. From the hallways or the darkness or the blackness, and he just kind of appears out of nowhere, and it gives you very Batman the animated series vibes,
1: yes, yeah, I always it, said Batman Beyond that was the movie, but Batman, Batman the, the, the animated, animated series is what yeah. I was trying to refer to, just like it's such a good show
2: it was, so and it it has some of the like darkest plot lines too.
1: oh yeah, a hundred percent
2: um it was. So incredibly well done. I
1: and we talked. Well, and we talked off mic last week because mm-hmm. I was saying at the very, very end, the very last scene in the movie, mm-hmm. when Riddler is in prison,
2: talking. He was he's at Arkham Asylum speci-
1: specifically. He's you hear somebody speaking to him, you know, because he's freaking out.
2: And it has been confirmed by Matt Reeves. That is the Joker, mm-hmm. and it is being voiced by Barry Keegan, who uh, Keegan who played Druid in Eternals.
1: Oh, I see. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh. So, and and <laughs> I got I, I started second guessing myself, which I shouldn't, because I was like, "Oh, that's the Joker," and there was like a, an eight year old in the group, like on the in a seat behind me, and he mm-hmm. goes, "That's Two Face," and it was like. I don't think so, but he made me doubt myself. I immediately came to work. And no. I was like, James. And I could like, see James, how can you? because you could,
2: you could not really
1: make out his face. I just let an eight year old like completely cause self doubt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just eight year old completely wrecked any I was like, possible <laughs> idea you had. And you said it with conviction. Like
1: that's the joke. I did. I did. And, 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 but I came to work like the next day and I was like, James, you, you saw it right? Tell me at the end. It was the Joker, right? Like I needed you to reassure me that it was I was the
2: Joker. <laughs> Don't let that eight-year-old take your take your Dude, spirit. Eight-year-olds
1: know a lot of, about a lot of stuff
2: nowadays. Uh, so, but no, no. It, there was also like so many great, like the mm-hmm. the soundtrack.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. Your Very- soundtrack
2: was the way they did something in the way, mm-hmm. and it felt like it was kind of something in the way slowed down. Under the Batman theme. Like everything had the theme. It's kinda like Vader's theme in Star Wars. Right. It like it has a different tone for every moment of the movie, and it is a really cool like the score to this movie was incredible.
1: I, I, it, and
2: it was I I caught myself laughing and I was like one of the only ones laughing at this mm-hmm. point in the movie. So I don't know what it says about me compared to other people. <laughs> but early in the movie when he's looking for the car uh Mm -hmm. looking through the car and and jim was asking him what he's doing in there and that was another really cool thing uh is jim gordon basically being the one guy going out on a limb bringing a vigilante in
1: because he knows that batman gets things done that gotham pd can't
2: yeah it was really cool to see that Did
1: they did was he? I can't remember because I, I now I've seen it a couple weeks ago. Was Gordon at all? Did he? Did he know about the 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 how how deep the corruption or how how deep like the corruption was in the police he department? Knew how
2: deep? Right. But he knew there was corruption. I mean, and it
1: makes and I'm just saying because that that corruption really. I mean, if he would have been um, aware of it, I feel like it would really make sense why he was leaning on Batman so heavily. But and I
2: think that's why he was because he felt like he was the one he could trust. Uh, out of everybody, <laughs>
1: yeah, a hundred percent. Man, but they they work together. The two of them when just... they're
2: going through uh, Colson's car, mm-hmm. looking for the the flash drive because they had. The, oh yeah. The, the... He was like, "What are you looking With for?" A thumb drive. And he was like <laughs> a USB slide. He's like, "What for?" I was like,
1: "I know." I was like thumb drive. <laughs> no, it's great. And I lost it. It's like DC can literally sell thumb drives like fake ones, and it it would people would buy them. It was so
2: like it was witty humor, like where it needed to be. It was, but that's
1: what you would expect from the Riddler, right? Dark
2: tones, like it was beautiful. And the more I've watched it, the more I appreciate it. And I have to agree. I think this may be the best Batman movie there's been.
1: So how does so now that you've seen it twice? And knowing that Matt Reeves is directing both the spinoffs, mm-hmm. how does it make you feel?
2: I'm, I'm in, in. I'm in. I am all the way in. Mm-hmm. Like this was such a well told story, and knowing that he wasn't cutting anything out. Like if it's three hours, it's three hours. I was like, cool. Like I'm okay with it too. Like don't butcher a movie to try and make it fit to a time. Make the movie, make the time fit to the movie, not yep. the other way around.
1: And what we got with. Uh the finale of Peacemaker, we saw the, the willingness. I, have you watched Peacemaker? Yes. Okay, so the you know the reveal at the end where we we know that we see, see the Justice League, but right a couple of them. But like just the just the fact that DC right now is really going like they're not. I feel like for a long time, and even with Marvel, you saw this where you know you had film and you had TV, and there was really no overlap. The closest overlap you got was with Agents of Shield during kind of the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Mm -hmm. Universe movies. And what would happen in S.H.I.E.L.D. is they would essentially introduce the Kree (laughs) after Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Or they they would reference things that happened canonically in the movies. They would reference the superheroes. But they they never, ever, ever were on the show. You heard references to them, but you never saw them actually have a credited film performance. I mean, you got...
2: Some you know, like Samuel L. Jackson. Well, when I
1: say when I'm talking about Tony Stark. Yeah, the you know big Thor. Ones. Whereas in at the end of Peacemaker, we saw we saw the Flash, we saw Aquaman. Mm-hmm. You know they they had they had Wonder A Woman, Rev of- Wonder Woman, and um Superman. But it just gives you it just makes me wonder what sort of crossover p- potential we may end up seeing with the Batman universe and the greater DC cinematic universe. Cause I feel like we haven't really seen too much of that with DC, like at least at the Batman story, like other than maybe the justice league.
2: Yeah. Uh, Justice league's (laughs) probably as close as we got, uh, as they tried to bring those things together. But this, it it was beautiful. (laughs) I I love the look of Gotham. Mm -hmm. I love the feel of Gotham. Um, yeah, everything about this movie just felt like an A plus, yeah. and I loved Robert Pattinson's performance. Yes,
1: he's fantastic. And people were—I com-
2: loved his bat voice. So,
1: and I think pe- people were complaining because they said outside of his suit, he just looked like like a sad s- swallow, you know, pale. Yes, I'm like, he is. Wh- he is. He's not a happy person. All he there's he a li- reason
2: he is going out in a bat costume and beating <laughs> the crap out of people in the middle of the night. He is not.
1: Happy? No, he is not a happy man, and that's okay because he doesn't have to be. <laughs> no,
2: but I mean, Bruce Wayne is going to be a persona he invents mm-hmm. as this trilogy is developed. I believe. I right. believe we will. If you've ever seen Robert Pattinson when he dresses up for red carpet or GQ events, man, he could do a Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, he could pull one off because he—he's
1: a handsome fella.
2: He's—he's he's got it going on.
1: <laughs> he's a handsome fella. Well, I'm excited for both the spinoffs that are going to be coming. The I am Batman too. One and the the Arkham Asylum ones too. I'm the Arkham a, Asylum like slash horror, GCPD. Right, yeah, the horror show. It's like it, it's an it's an exciting time right now. If you like comic books, we said that about Marvel, but man, DC really up in their game. Yeah, they have finally. Been. Right, I know. I'm 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 happy for them. So, we're going to take a real quick break. We'll be back with more (laughs) good nerd news right here on The Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM
2: 1250,
1: and 103.3 FM.
0: The Meta with Katie Barbo on San Antonio Sports Star.
1: Welcome back to The Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, and 103.3 FM. I'm your host Katie Barber, and I've got James Pledger here with me, and we've got more Disney Plus news,
2: nerd news, nerd
1: news. We need like a little like (laughs) something. Though I I will say, I say that, but we've got a lot of great sound bites that you've produced for the show. So (laughs) I I don't want to mess up the good groove we've got. Oh,
2: I can pull more. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with more sound clips.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so we've been talking about about Disney plus adding Jessica Jones, Daredevil, the Defenders series. And I have been just the kind of, I've been like a Debbie Downer. I'm like, I don't understand what they're, how this is going to work. Why aren't they just doing it on Hulu? Because there's some racy stuff in those shows. The,
2: um, <laughs> the, the simplest <laughs> thing is usually the thing that it's going to be.
1: Parental control. Which oh. is what we saw, right? And th- they haven't edited or censored anything in the shows. They hit Disney Plus this week, and with that, we learned that they are reportedly rebooting Daredevil. Which, in my opinion, if they're doing Daredevil, they're going to do all of them because mm-hmm. Daredevil was just the first one. Yep. And how? Do, so, how, what's your opinion about a possible reboot of Defenders?
2: Defenders probably needs to be rebooted.
1: It's pretty weak in the pantheon of uh, nef- the newer and o- Netflix stuff.
2: It was okay. Uh, I agree. The fight scene in the hallway those, was see, really cool.
1: See, my line is first season Daredevil. What is Daredevil,
2: Daredevil and hallway fight scenes? I know. They're all They're real, so those good. Those
1: one-shot scenes, dude. So, Daredevil season one, fantastic. Jessica Jones season one was amazing. amazing. Like, so good. Everything else, I would have given like a four out of ten. I liked. I wanted to like Luke Cage. I wanted to like Iron I Fist. wanted
2: to like Luke Cage, too, but I couldn't. Um... I wanted to give Iron Fist a chance. But when it, would just, it was just... It was just hard. And and defend, and de- I will say, uh, in terms of... I liked Daredevil. Like, when they brought the Punisher in. Yeah. That was an awesome season. That was a really good season, too. Um, I see, and I... Punisher I, season one yeah, was really good, was too. It was really good.
1: John Is it John Berthnall? Is it John Bernthal, Bernthal, yeah. Bernthal. I was like, hm, his last name is a little silly. But, no, <laughs> he was really, really great as Punisher... I was not a, and see I wasn't a huge fan of season 2 of Daredevil. I wasn't a huge fan of Elektra and that whole storyline. Like I just feel like I just made Matt. Like that whole storyline just completely just made me like I it, <laughs> I just hated it. And for whatever it. reason and and of course Defenders focuses pretty much on that entire Elektra plotline. Yes. And so I think that that's why I didn't care for Defenders on a macro scale. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm not I'm not under the illusion that they're going to change it. Uh, completely in the reboot, but I'm hoping that they really just they do defenders justice because mm-hmm. it's it's I like Hell's Kitchen, I like
2: Hell's Kitchen's great. I in en, I enjoy
1: it's like the down and dirty afi- uh, deven- Avengers. <laughs> I enjoy
2: Daredevil and Frank Castle's interaction, yeah. like their monologue while he's chained to the chimney on the rooftop yeah. was just incredible.
1: Matt Van Mur- Charlie Cox's Matt Murdoch is just he's he's so good, mm-hmm. and I, I mean I was excited to see him in No Way Home. Right. He or they mentioned yeah. him. Right. He was. In, it was. He they was showed him, a, right? Yeah. Okay. I just like doubted myself for a second there. I was like, did they say? No, yeah? the eight-year-old no. kid's
2: not here. You're fine.
1: No. <laughs> the eight-year-old kid inside of me is always doubting myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, so that's really exciting. We don't really know anything about the reboot other than uh, Matt is Kevin Feige. Feige, Feige, is that are you Kevin for real? Feige? Are you for real? I am. But he's going to be one of the producers on it. Uh, so, uh, but other than that, we don't know anything. It's all you know, reports of this is happening.
2: is the big man that is just the he is the the top of the totem pole when it comes to moral.
1: And it's uh, that's not related to uh to Defenders, but we we know now that Miss Marvel, which is one of my I love her so we much. We got I'll, a
2: we got a very cool trailer yeah, for that this week.
1: Exactly. And we, we found out it's gonna be hitting Disney Plus in June, so we're not too far out from that. No,
2: um, it'll be soon and it's gonna be really interesting because it's got some weird animation yeah. and storytelling to it, but I'm I kinda dig it.
1: I and I just love Kamala's character. Like mm-hmm. I, when her fir- when her run first started, I obviously didn't grow up as a Muslim teenager, but I was a very what? I was a very nerdy teenager. No, incredibly nerdy. I could teenager. have seen
2: you as the Muslim <laughs> no. teenager in Katy, Texas, <laughs> no. going to was it Cypher? Did you go <laughs> no, to Katy?
1: I was not Katy. You Katie were Katy, Katy. Yeah, I was a Katy, Katy. Spelled the same, but I didn't, I was not a Katie Tigers Katie. I was a Katie ISD Katie to make it more confusing. Um, But I, I really identified with Kamala's character. When you say Katie, Katie, I
2: think Katie Tigers.
1: See, and I'm so happy I did not live in Katie, Katie High School's (laughs) zone district. They were real close though. Real, real close. My mom used to make me take pictures in front of so the. So where
2: would you have been going to school then?
1: I went to Morton Ranch. So in oh, okay. and, and Katie, there's oh, okay. now 12 high schools. Yes. There's a bajillion of them. But my mom, when we moved to Texas, she a couple of times, like as I g- was growing up, she would make me go take a, a picture in front of the Katie barbershop oh, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. downtown Katie, Texas. Cause it's my name and that's what moms do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a teenager and hated it. And that <laughs> leads me back to. I, Kamala's character just reminds me a lot of myself uh-huh. as a teenager. She's super nerdy. She's super into the Avengers. She loves fan fiction and and, you know, fan art. and mm-hmm. just just I just love her so much. And her origin story is just really kind of unique in itself. And I'm just, very
2: excited to kind of see how they tackle her. <gasps>
1: And then it's like her, I've been waiting for Miss Marvel and the Squirrel Girl. Like
2: Squirrel <laughs> I mean, Girl, I've been waiting for. I mean,
1: those are my two. I've been like banking on. I love them so much. We were talking about Silent Hill, and and you brought up Resident Evil. I did. <laughs> and we know now we're getting a Re- Resident Evil Netflix TV show. It's different than ne- the Resident Evil movie. <laughs> <laughs> that we're getting this year also but it follows
2: closer to the game
1: yeah exactly it's exactly the synopsis that we learned about so this will be july 14th the movie comes out in november so it's a good year for resident evil fans mm-hmm. maybe not in terms of a new game but you're getting uh, all the adaptations but it says that the, the, the show is gonna be in the year 2036 14 years after the virus that you know, causes the world to end. Good old, old that Umbrella caused Corp. a global
2: pandemic. You mean?
1: Right, exactly. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Do you, there was like the, these memes going around right at the onset of the pandemic oh, that yeah. it was that it was um, that the Umbrella Corp or a version of Umbrella Corp was in was. Oh, literally,
2: absolutely! Right. I believe that meme <laughs> would if it didn't circulate, which so I've it seen has it to. If it didn't circulate, I would re- really feel bad about humanity.
1: So it looks like the show, the show itself, the synopsis says, Jade Wesker fights for survival in a country, in a world overrun by bloodthirsty, infected, and insane creatures. She's haunted by her past in New Raccoon City, so that's where we know where we're going to be at, mm-hmm. by her father's chilling connections to Umbrella Corp, but mostly by what happened to her sister, Billy. That makes me think of Billy. Makes me think of Billy. Billy Piper <laughs> from,
2: <the first, laughs> from, from Doctor Who. Yes,
1: from Rose. Billy. Billy. <laughs> but now that's exciting. Really good news. Hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, it's good news for Resident Evil fans. Yeah, um, I'm.
2: I'm interested. I, I will definitely end up checking that out on Netflix. I enjoy Resident mm-hmm. Evil shows, and I I think the closer it gets to the game, the better it can even become
1: when are we going to tip the scales and then everything is going to be a video game adaptation
2: i mean aren't we there (laughs)
1: that's what it feels like um so how how did you feel about the deadpool movies
2: i've enjoyed the first one was great the first one was fantastic the second one Eh. felt like the first one
1: it was trying to follow up yeah like it
2: it was okay it had its funny moments i enjoyed zazzy beats um i like the like the brad pitt cameo Mm -hmm. as the vanisher um
1: but uh, but it it just fell a little flat right i i definitely agree and i mean and you know this but the big reason why the first deadpool was so good is because ryan reynolds worked and and the team that he really worked on the script with they wrote it for a long time Mm -hmm. and he had to force the movie to essentially be put in production by releasing the test footage it, get, it had a lot of incubation time, had a lot of thought that went into it in order to convince executives that it was worth what it it's weight in gold. Yes. And I think Deadpool 2, just like you were saying, it just was trying really hard, but it didn't have like the same, you know, conflict and, you know, passion that went into the first one, just yeah. by virtue of how much of a blockbuster the first one was. And it's been a while since the second Deadpool movie came out. And Deadpool 3 has kind of been in the zeitgeist for a while. We know that. The, that ryan reynolds was wanting to work on it but we found out last uh, earlier this week that um the director of free guy who he's a good friends with good friends with is going to be the director of deadpool 3 yeah and i don't did you see free guy i did it's
2: it's hysterical
1: dude. hysterical one of my favorite movies of the year honestly. i liked free
2: guy i really <laughs> it's did so
1: fun and stupid but really really funny yeah like there's
2: now is the director of Free Guy was that Taika Waititi or was he was just he, acting in it He was
1: I think he 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 acted in it but Sean Levy directed it
2: Okay Um
1: and that's who was going to be Deadpool 3's okay. director Sean Levy Um but he was I mean he was really good He was so good in that movie as like the crazy the crazy uh studio owner type mm-hmm. type fella but that movie just was so good So that makes me really excited about Deadpool 3 and it's been a while since Deadpool 2 came out so yeah. I'm like, let's force it to have a little bit be- better creative direction than the second one did. I'm very excited. I, I think they actually said this to be a free guy sequel, which I'm not really sure how that's going to play out. I feel like they kind of had wrapped it up pretty well in the first one, but Ryan there's Reynolds- always
2: room for a sequel.
1: Oh, R- Ryan Reynolds is emerging as like we've got like an interesting group of people making like that are emerging as really great like directors and producers. Mm-hmm. Like like Jordan Peele with his crazy movies, the like get out and then Nope that comes out later this year. Yeah.
2: Like, I I just don't know how to take his movies ninety percent of the time. I, I always just, just feel great. like I'm lost and I'm like I hate white people at the end of it.
1: <laughs> I mean it's it's I mean, but do you they do a good job of making you hate it? Yeah, I was like,
2: <laughs> all right, cool. I hate myself. This is great.
1: It's like things I won't do this.
2: Never planned on doing this. Now I feel shady about every white person that's around me. That
1: that that Nope movie. That's gonna be. It's called Nope. It's coming out in July. The trailer for it that we got at the Super Bowl just made me so excited. (laughs) I'm I'm here for like a good alien movie. And um, speaking of aliens, I suppose
2: we've
1: been talking about the Halo show for a little while now. Comes Mm -hmm. out next weekend on March 24th, and the critics Paramount Plus, right? Paramount Plus, yeah. And critic critics have been real kind of lukewarm on it. I think that Rotten Tomatoes right now has it at like a sixty percent critic rating. And some of these have and and I just need to read some headlines from the internet. Oh,
2: I love headlines from the internet.
1: <laughs> so these are three headlines just from this week. Halo TV series creators response to controversy about Cortana's redesign. Which I think we actually talked about how I wasn't a huge fan of how she looked in the trailer. Yeah. and that was really a big sticking point from the first trailer that they showed at the Super Bowl, or no, it was during playoffs, right before the Super yes. Bowl. We've got Halo TV creators say that Chevy Tahoe is there for a reason, and that's because if you pause one of the <laughs> one of the cuts in the, in the trailer, there's literally a Chevy Tahoe mm-hmm. in the background, and then the third headline. So they're going
2: full on Game of Thrones right, final got the, season I've got with the this.
1: Co- I've got the direct quotes from the creators here because i feel like that's that's all we we, there that's the word we need not the interpretation of them but the third headline i want to read is halo tv series colon master chief actor defends decision to show character's face and if you don't know that would be the first time in franchise history that we've seen master chief's face and (laughs) in all of these there's explanations for it and i guess i don't really have time to go through all these quotes but what it comes down to is, and they established this, the producer on this, the game series at 343, Kiki, she said that this is not going to follow the game's timeline for, to a T. This is going to be forming a timeline called the Silver Timeline. <laughs> the Silver Chevy Tahoe timeline, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I mean, it's the
2: extended cab package.
1: And and when it comes <laughs> down to the arguments for like showing Master Chief's face, what it really boils down to is that TV... Is fundamentally a different medium than video games, which I've made this argument about book adaptations to film. They are different mediums. I don't disagree, but at what point do you diverge from
2: showing Samus's face at the end of the first Metroid was a big deal, a huge deal,
1: right? hundred percent. I mean, and it's not like we we haven't seen this happen. We, you know, we did see Mando's face in the Mandalorian.
2: Season two,
1: right? It did take or a while, three. so I mean, and two, right? So I mean, it it remains to be seen what the
2: <laughs> almost the second to last episode of season two. We finally got to see it,
1: right? And I think right, exactly. And I so I don't think anything was taken away by revealing his face, but I think like the the drawn out like nature of it and it not happening first episode. It just kind of be, happens way later in the show. Kind of helps itself out. I think it,
2: I don't like it just because. You
1: know? uh, I like Pedro's face, so I don't know. Maybe
2: oh, no, 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 problem. no. Uh, you mean Mando. I mean oh. uh, I think Halo. They're both,
1: they're both named Pedro main characters, but not... Pat.
2: But uh, Halo I don't like because... That's, like, do it in the game first. Like, let there be precedence. If there, don't try don't and set the precedence.
1: I don't disagree. I, I'm just really interested to see how fans really, really take the, take the show. I mean, it's been this conversation around adaptations, and I mean... The critics can say whatever they want, but I I like to wait for Rotten Tomatoes user scores to come in to really be a better better gauge. So that's it this week for The Meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. We'll see you all next week.